sure you noticed the, the verse earlier in the, in the service, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, because what, is it, uh, what does the word integrity mean to you? I think we all have kind of an idea of what integrity is, but it maybe is hard to define. And so we're going to talk about what integrity is, both from the Hebrew word here and from the English word. We're going to talk about what integrity is. <clears throat> and I think it's a great time to do that. As, as Richard said earlier, the first Sunday of the year, can you believe it's 2020? Not only has another year gone by, another decade has gone by. Now, I know there's, there's argument. I, I, are you familiar with the argument right now on whether... whether this is the new decade, or next year is the new decade. And that, that stems, by the way, from the Gregorian calendar that we, that we follow. It goes from 1 BC to 1 AD. It doesn't have zero. And so there are those that argue all the way back, starting with year one, that year 11 would be the decade, and, and so on. Um, in my mind, when we talk about the 60s, we're talking about from 1960 to 1969, right? When we talk about the 80s, we're talking about 1980 to 1989. So I think it's a new decade. Now, now you have my point, my point of view. But let's get back to God's point of view. <laughs> let's, look at, let's look at integrity, what it is. And, I, and it's a great time to focus on this for the first Sunday of the year. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, it is up here behind me, but if you want to look it up in your Bible... Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, says, The one who lives with integrity lives securely, but whoever perverts his ways will be found out. So let's, let's look at this. Let's look at it in, the, in the, uh, the way we have been since the beginning of last year, and that, that is, first we look at the context. Now the context here is, it's sort of like with Psalms, the, the context is sort of its own verse here because uh, Proverbs doesn't have a lot of context. It doesn't build to an, a statement so much. Now, there is, in chapter 10, there's a lot about righteousness and, and wickedness and, and wisdom and foolishness. There's a lot of, of those types of uh, Proverbs in chapter 10, and that's sort of the context that we find this in. We're talking about wisdom and foolishness, Righteousness and wickedness, and then he says this, the one who lives with integrity lives securely, but whoever perverts his ways will be found out. So let's talk about what integrity is, first of all, because I would, I would expect most of you, when you say the word integrity, or when I said it, you immediately thought honesty, right? That's sort of where we equate integrity, but integrity is so much greater than just honesty. Honesty, truthfulness, it's a part of integrity, but it's not the whole. The, the word, the Hebrew word that is, that is translated integrity here is used also to say complete or completely or in its entirety. It's used for righteousness. It's used really to, to talk about a sum total of something, something that has built and is now a sum total. In fact, it's used in, in Joshua 3. When, uh, when the people are about to cross the Jordan, 
it, it's, it, the word for integrity is used when it says that the water was completely shut off so that they could walk. That idea of, of something completely done is the word for integrity that's translated here. Now, the English word means actually the same thing. If you look up the English word, it's not just about truthfulness. It's not just about honesty. Think about it in terms of buildings. We talk about a, the structural integrity of a building. Now, what's that mean? That means it's okay to be in. If it doesn't have structural integrity, it's a dangerous place to be. So we talk about the completeness, the soundness, the wholeness of something using the word integrity. And that's how I want you to think about this word as we study today. Because integrity, living a life of integrity is far more than just being honest. It is building your life with structural integrity. It's building your, the whole of your life on integrity. That's really what this verse is talking about. So what does this say about God? It says that God blesses the life of the one who lives with integrity, the one who lives with soundness and completeness. Think of James chapter 1. James chapter 1 talks about those that are double-minded. They're not complete. They're not whole. They're split. They're double-minded. And James 1.8 says that, the, that those that are double-minded are unstable in all their ways. So isn't that exactly the opposite of living securely, is being unstable in all of your ways? So <clears throat> this says that God desires us to live with integrity. In fact, it says he expects us to live with integrity. We, uh, we talk a lot in our culture about balance, trying to balance the different parts of life. And I have said many times from this, this platform, and I will say again, the people that changed the world had focus, not balance. They had focus. And that's what Jesus calls us to. In Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, he wants us to focus on Christ. He wants us to focus on God. That's how we build a life of integrity. That's the life that God expects us to have, is built on seeking him first. Seek God first, and you build a life of structural integrity. So integrity is built upon God. It's not built upon us just saying the truth. It's built upon the truth of God. It's built upon us being godly. That's what it says about God. So what does it say about us? It says that God wants us to live with integrity. He wants us to live with integrity for our own sake. You know how many Proverbs are there that talk about the one that's unstable, the one that, that is double-minded, the one that the, 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 the righteous stroll like lions, but the perverse run when no one's chasing them. That this idea that we can live a life not being afraid of people finding out who we are is, is based in the idea that we can live a life of integrity, 
a life built with structural integrity for our own sake. And it also says that our perverse ways will be found out. Now, this is, um, this is frightening, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit frightening to think that your perverse ways will be found out. But we know this to be true. How many times do we turn on the news and see some religious leader or politician or somebody standing in front of a mic explaining what they just did? We know this to be true. You know, we live in a, in a culture, in a society, where there's a camera on you almost all the time. You're being monitored or videoed or something pretty much all the time. We don't, you don't get away with anything. What you do in the dark will be brought to the light. That's what this verse tells us. And, and again, while that, that shakes us up a little bit, we know it to be true because we have seen it again and again and again with politicians, with religious leaders, with bosses, with, with people that end up having to explain the bad thing they just did. We know that it, this is true, that per, our perverse ways will be found out. So what do we need to do? We need to live with integrity. We need to build our lives with structural integrity. Let me explain what I mean by that. We tend to look at life from our public viewpoint. We tend to think that if we look religious, if we look like we have integrity and honesty, then maybe we will. But that's not how integrity works. Integrity works first in our private life. O.S. Hawkins in his book talks about four areas of life. The private life, which is which is what's going on in our heads, the part that even your spouse, those that are closest to you, may not fully know. Then he goes to our personal life. This is the relationships that we surround ourselves with. Then our professional life, where we work, where we shop, where we eat out, those kind of things. And then our public life, where everyone sees us. If we don't build integrity in our private life, it will not be in any of the other areas. We can't build it in our public life and expect it to make it down to our private life. That's like putting this roof up with no walls. That's trying to build this church with no foundation. Our foundation has to be in the private life. We have to have integrity there in our own thoughts, the place where when nobody's watching, that place in you must be built on integrity. It must be built on seeking God first. Seeking God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Once you are seeking God in your private life, then it will reflect in your personal life. In your relationships that are close. Then it will reflect in your professional life, the people you work with, the places you shop. Then it will reflect in your public life. And, it, and when it reflects in your public life, that's where we engage people. And that's where people ask, what's different about you? Why are you, why do you seem to have hope when it seems so hopeless? That's the place. That's where others see Jesus in us is in our public life. 
but we have to build it in our private life. So how do we build it in our private life? Well, there's one way, actually. What we, what we must do is, is fundamentally change. We must foundationally be different people. Because we are not born with integrity. We are not born honest. We are born selfish. What we have to do is take, become the new creation we are in Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's what we must have in our private life to build integrity. And then we can structurally build the rest of our life. Then our, our life is built around structural integrity because we are not who we used to be. Because we are a new creation in Christ. Our, our private life reflects in our public life, reflects in our professional life, re reflects in our public life. We become who we were meant to be if we become the new creation we are in Christ. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. The one who lives with integrity lives securely. Even this part of the passage tells us that, that we have a choice. We have the choice of instability or security. And we know what this looks like. We see it constantly in our culture, constantly in our society. We constantly see what it, what it looks like when somebody who says they know Christ but acts as if God doesn't exist. We see it. We know it. If you want security, if you, don't want to, if you do not want to be unstable in all of your ways, then build with structural integrity. Build your private life with Christ as a new creation in Christ, focused on his righteousness and his kingdom, and then build your life from there. And you'll have structural integrity and you will live securely. But whoever perverts his ways will be found out. It's quite a warning. We think that what we do has no victim. We think that what we do is it's in the dark and nobody knows. God knows and it will come out. That's a warning to us. It will come out. Where does it come out? It comes out in all of the other life, parts of life, doesn't it? If we are in our private life, perverse, then our personal life shows it. Our relationships are strained by it. Our professional life shows it. And, and maybe we're not... Maybe we're cheating a little at work. Maybe we're, maybe we're cheating a little uh, when, we, when we shop. And our public life, they can see it. It is shown, your, your private life is shown in every other area of life. If it reflects integrity, then you know you've got your private life in order. If it shows deceitfulness and perverse ways, then you know it starts in your private life. That's where it begins. We must, we must base our private life on integrity. Base our private life on who we are in Christ as a new creation. 
base our private life on seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, then the rest of our life, the other four areas of life, will be built on structural integrity. So what's the comfort and the challenge of these, these verses? Having structural integrity gives us security. Having structural integrity means you, you're not worried about what people might find out. It's living, you're, you're able to live open. You're able to live large. But the challenge, getting the, the integrity to your private life. It doesn't start in your public life. It doesn't start in your professional life. It doesn't even start in your personal life. It starts in your private life. Your own thoughts, the things that are going through your head, those must be based on being a new creation in Christ and seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. They must be. Or it will show in every other area of life. So I must ask you this morning, are you a new creation in Christ? Because you can be. It's as simple as a prayer. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and just consider that question for yourself. Am I, am I a new creation in Christ? Am I basing my life upon seeking the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness? <coughs> or, am, or is my life based upon what I want? You can, you can become a brand new creation, a you that has never been before with a simple prayer. And you just follow along in your own words and say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I have said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on that cross for my sin. He died in my place. And so I ask you to make me a new creation in him. You prayed that prayer for the first time this morning. You need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. I became a new creation in Christ today. Maybe you're a Christian. But you're not focused on, how, on being a new creation in Christ you're focused on what you always have. Will you right now make the commitment to at your very core, in the, in the private life where only you and God know, that you will become a new creation? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, for for making us a new creation so that we have the, the opportunity to build our lives with structural integrity, to build our, build our lives on, in, on integrity, on you from our private life through our personal life, through our professional life, through our public life. Help us. Help us to remember this. Help us to make this commitment today that this year will be different. This year, we will not focus on what has been in the past. We will focus on who we are in, in Christ every day. 
For it's in his name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.